Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. I um, shared this a few weeks or months ago in an Elevate huddle, and I wanted to bring it back up tonight because it's uh, just relevant to what I'm going to be talking about. But I have started, I started praying this year that, um, God, I can't have small thinking where I'm going. I renounce it. So it's very bold. And I just, even in my prayer time, I would say, I renounce small thinking. I can't take it where I'm going. Um, I renounce it. I don't want any part of it. And so after a few months ago, months, uh, God in his kindness uh, asked me, well, what what kind of thinking do you want? To which I said a lot of things, but one of those was I I want next level thinking. So where I'm going, I need I need next level thinking. I can't afford to think anything else. And so we were reading in homeschool uh, about the Spanish explorers that would go in a new land that they would sail from Spain or wherever. And one of them went in, and when he went to the new land, he burned the boat, much to the dismay of his crew, I think. I totally related that. That would be something I would do. And um, he burned the boat because there was no going back. There was no looking back, right? He got on the land. He wasn't looking back. And I wonder sometimes, because I feel like in Christian circles sometimes, uh, we are good at our plan Bs. So we have a plan B. So, okay, God told me this, but if it doesn't work out, then I have this. And so tonight, I just want us to go ahead and get the mindset in. Let's burn the boat. And let's be all in. Let's be all in. Say, I am all in on my marriage. I am all in on my healing. I am all in on this service. I am all in on this God dream that he's birthing in my heart, even though I don't understand how it's going to come to pass. I'm all in on the vision that you have given me. Let's burn the boat. Actually, we're in a season where the body of Christ, it is time to burn the boat. And so my prayer for all of us is that God would burn up any small thinking, that we are all in on next level thinking, which means I'm all in on healing which means that any jealousy or any pride or any idol that we have. Man, I was back there worshiping a few weeks ago, and I just saw all these idols around us just crashing to the ground as we worship. So that any idol, any emotional dysfunction, I can't take that with me. I've got to burn that boat, and I've got to go forward. So I'm going to start tonight in Luke. Let's go to Luke 5. Actually, this is in Luke, this is in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and you are probably all familiar with this verse. And so we can read the one from Luke 5, uh, verse 37, and I'm going to read 37 and 38. And then I'll read, let's go, we'll go to Mark 222, because it's 2022, that's got to be significant. So Luke 5, 37 says, and no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined. We've all heard this, right? Right? Have y'all heard this? 
but new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. Let's go to Mark 2.22. I'm going to read that out of the Passion. And who would pour new wine into an old wineskin? Eventually, the wine will ferment and make the wineskin burst, losing everything. The wine will be spilled and the wineskin ruined. Instead, new wine is always poured into new wineskins. All right, then turn with me to Ephesians 2.18. And I have the Passion Translation here with me. And it reads, and now, because we are united to Christ... We both have equal and direct access in the realm of the Holy Spirit to come before the Father. Okay? All right, y'all with me? Okay. I'm going to be back and forth, but it's all going to tie in at the end. Are y'all ready? Okay. I had a friend tell me back in April, she looked at me and she said, Jerry, and fundraising is done with in the body of Christ. So I run a nonprofit, so I... I was like, what did you say? And she said, fundraising is done. It's over with in the body of Christ. And it's so stirred in me. You know how you, you, it resonates with your heart, but it hasn't caught up to your mind yet. And I said, oh, you are right. Absolutely. Yes. And so later I was asking God, God, what, did, what does she mean? And so God told me instantly, it means I have an unlimited supply. Will you live like it? And it was such a charge to me then. I said, yes, yes, sir, I will. Every single one of us, we have what I would call a lens, which is really just the way we see the world, right? And you've heard of this. Yes, we all have a lens. And so depending upon our experiences and our upbringing and who our parents are or where we are from or where we've lived or who our friends are, right, all of these things, yes, they factor in, they shape, they determine sometimes our lens. Yes, everybody, yes, we all have that lens. So oftentimes we question what we see. We rarely question how we see it, okay? Um, I was born, I raised with a very much suck it up lens. In fact, JL came to me last week and she had her finger, it was hurting. And she goes, I hurt my finger, but I know our family, we suck it up and I'm going to be fine. And she was laughing and yes, I mean, I, so yes. Okay, my, my favorite example of my family, because it's very much like if you're not first, you're last. I mean, it was very much like a, it sounds terrible, doesn't it, when I say it like that. But it, it was very much like a tough, I appreciate that today, but it was very much like a you suck it up uh, atmosphere. So uh, my sister's son was in a baseball tournament last year, like the World Series or whatever they're called in baseball, and he won a second place. And so all the moms rushed out to the field to take pictures of all their sons. And my brother-in-law, Josh, looked over at my sister and was like, are you, are you going to go out? there with all the moms and take his picture and Megan didn't miss a beat she was like it's second place we don't take pictures of second place and it's like I so relate that is my family that's terrible 
but it is. I mean, we grew up with that. And so at some point I realized that that lens, it does need to be in certain situations where the mercy of God has to be poured out, where the compassion of God needs to be poured out. I cannot, I no longer can have a suck it up lens, right? Right. So it's up to me. It's my responsibility to lead, lean in, to yield to the Holy Spirit, right? And switch out that lens really quick. And that's why a lot of times if you go through, someone goes through trauma or pain, they will see through a lens of trauma and pain. And and I know this isn't rocket science, but it's time for the body of Christ to get really, really healthy. And while your lens, it starts with your mind, it's revealed, it comes out through your emotions. And some of us, when we look at the body of Christ, their lens is wreaking havoc on their emotions. In Matthew 6, it tells us that the lamp of the body is the eye. If your eye's good, your whole body's going to be full of light. But if your eye's bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And we were never meant to live that way. Jesus comes in, and through him, in him, now, we can live whole and free. But there will always be a part that we play in stewarding our thinking and our lens. Everybody with me? Does that make sense? And that's why in this house we know the verse in Romans that says, be renewed, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We know that verse well, right? What does it mean? It means that it is possible to heal and renew your lens. Now, it also means that we are responsible for our lens, It means at some point, kingdom thinking, it has to replace our lens, right? It has to replace our worldview lens. It has to replace our experience lens or our cultural lens or our opinion lens. If not, you'll live in an inferior kingdom. Let's go back to the wineskin verse. You know what next level thinking requires? It requires a next level lens, a new wineskin. So when my friend said that to me about fundraising is done with in the body of Christ, that's what she was talking about, really, a new wineskin. And God was charging me, can you, will you walk in this? A new wineskin is soft and pliable. It has to because it has to flex. When that fermentation process happens, it has to flex while it expands. But I just read this the other day. It was in a foreword to a book I was reading, and it completely blew me away. And it said, the wineskin doesn't have to be a literal new wineskin. Did anybody know this? I didn't know that. It doesn't have to be a new wineskin. Do you know what? It just has to be renewed. And how do you renew it? You put it in water and you rub it with oil, which is a sermon, I guess, right there. But I wrote down this quote from the foreword of the book. This is necessary for it to be renewed because when sitting empty, oh, man, that's a whole thing there. When sitting empty, the wineskin dries and becomes inflexible, often even taking on unusual forms. Goodness, that sounds like religion doesn't it? The phrase old wineskin wasn't indicating its age, but rather that it had not yet been renewed, therefore was inflexible. This was remedied by soaking it in water and rubbing it with oil. You know what a new wineskin represents? Hey, I'm teachable. I've submitted. I'm yielded. 
I'm humble. And that allows me to receive new revelation, new wine, next level thinking. Ultimately, it allows me to burn the boat and move where I need to be, which would mean an old wineskin would represent someone hard, hardened by small thinking, hardened in what they know, hardened in opinion, in religion, in tradition, hardened even in feelings or a lens hardened by experience. I want to go after something tonight, and I just felt God stirred my spirit about this and to go after it fully, and that is what I would call a lens of lack. Because your lens, it influences, it, it determines your emotional health. And actually, I, I would even say it determines your physical health. And then it also determines your spiritual health. A lens of lack is the opposite of unlimited supply. You probably heard this. I think in Christian circles, a lot of times, um, we've said maybe a poverty mindset. Have you heard that term before? A scarcity mindset, a poverty spirit. Yes, are we familiar with that? A deficiency. Okay. Um, A lens of lack is the opposite of unlimited supply. And I just want us to begin asking right now internally in our life, ask Holy Spirit to reveal where in my life is there deficiency? Where in my life is there deficiency? I think sometimes we shy away from this because ah, sometimes when you bring up lack, man, it's like, Oh, you're talking about money, and it says money is the root of all evil. And Well, actually, it doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil, and we should have not a love or a fear of money, and we need to be talking about these things in the body. And you're all familiar with Philippians 4.19, which says, My God will supply all my need. And I love that it says, according to his riches in glory. I love that it reads riches. We tend to shy away from that at church, but God has a lot to say about riches, about unlimited supply, about money. Man, I received the best compliment a few months back from two close friends, and they didn't even realize at the time what a big deal it was to me. But one of them looked at me, and both of them looked at me at two times during the weekend separately. Did that make sense? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) They looked at me, Gavin, two times. Anyway, they were separate, and they didn't know it was such a big deal. And they said, Cherry Ann, you're so extravagant. And it just hit me. Oh, my goodness, it spoke to me because it was such confirmation. Yes, I am extravagant. And when my life displays that extravagance, it is such a reflection of the extravagance of my God. And God is a God of extravagance. You just read Ephesians 3.20. Read how uh, the temple was built. Look at just how our bodies are designed. And anybody that would tell you otherwise is speaking from a lens of lack. Man, you know why we love quality? Because we came from it. If I had 
maybe like a station wagon from 1980. I don't know. Did they make station wagons then? Gavin, you were. Okay. <laughs> so if I had, if I had that, and then maybe a, a Corvette, because I love vets. I love Corvettes up here, one of the new ones. Um, and I, if I gave you a chance to just choose one, um, I think most of us, unless we had a lot of kids or we were into old cars, we would probably go to the vet, right? Right. Okay. I think sometimes in Christian circles, you, you're blessed, but you can't be too blessed. Right? No. Our God has unlimited supply. Does, it, does that mean that we will all be millionaires? I don't know. Probably not because there's a stewardship principle at play. Right? And so if my kids, if Matt and I were to give the kids a million dollars, they would spend it all on stuffed animals. And they would. And it's excruciating to watch money be gone to stuffed animals. Yeah. Okay. I, I just need you to know this tonight. If you don't know that God wants you to have something, you won't fight for it. Some of you don't know that God wants you to be emotionally healthy and whole, so you don't fight for it. Some of you don't know that God wants you to have a really great marriage, great connection, great intimacy, great sex, so you don't fight for it. Man, some of you don't know that Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. It says that, so we don't live in what we've been given. Let me tell you this profound truth. You cannot have what you criticize. You cannot have what you criticize. So keep that in mind if you are critical of wealth, if you're critical of what someone has, if you're critical of the Holy Spirit, if you are critical of a move of God, if you are critical of abundance, you cannot have what you criticize. And some people are even critical of joy. They're like, why is that person so happy? What's there? What's going on with them? Right? Man, I, I think sometimes it, it, it makes us a little uncomfortable when we talk about things like a, a Corvette and a station wagon. But I need you to know tonight that poverty is from hell. And actually, I heard uh, someone say a few weeks ago, spiritually speaking, it is a form of psychological disease that drives people to prison, that drives people to addiction. So let's, let's just go to the word, what that says, because I want you to know tonight that your king has unlimited supply. And I've just picked a few verses. So I'm going to go, I'm just going to go really fast through these verses. But they're just a snapshot of what we read. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Proverbs 10, 22. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Proverbs 10, 15. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. Proverbs 13, 22. The wealth of the sinner is stored up for the righteous. I didn't write that. That's in the Bible. Psalms 112, 1 and 3. Blessed is the man who fears the Lord, 
who delights greatly in his commandments. His descendants will be mighty on earth. The generation of the upright will be blessed. Wealth and riches will be in his house, and his righteousness endures forever. You know, we read verse after verse about unlimited supply. Pastor Mark just just gave out a book called what? In Him. In Him. Of all we have access to, in Him. Access is key to unlimited supply, and we have it. Ephesians 2.18 reads, For through Him we both have access by one Spirit to the Father. Ephesians 3.20 Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Psalms 34.10, those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. Psalms 68.19, blessed be the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Psalms 84.11, no good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Psalms 115.14, may the Lord give you increase more and more, you and your children. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all you need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Okay, here's the problem. The problem is we live with this lens of lack. Yet we come into our churches and we sing songs about unlimited supply. And that will wreak havoc on your emotions. And while what I'm talking about tonight is not, it's, it's actually not money. It is access. It is access. And you cannot live in unlimited supply with a poverty mindset or a deficiency mindset because that kind of mindset is always going to be rooted in a lie. Usually it's a lie that has to do with identity, like God wouldn't do that for me or I don't have enough to do that or he wouldn't use me to do that. A lens of lack is not enough. How many times have we said, I don't have enough money, or I don't have enough time, or I don't have enough peace, or I don't have enough sanity, or I don't have enough help from my spouse, or I don't have enough family members who help me, or I don't have enough friends, I don't have enough followers, I don't have enough likes. I mean, we can go on and on. I don't have enough things. This lens is the opposite of God will supply all I need. Let me give you this example. And so this has just been in April when she told me this, and I, I was so charged to walk this out. And so with uh, our nonprofit, we have events, and uh, they get bigger and more expensive every year. And so this year was our biggest one yet. And uh, God specifically, I didn't ask for money. God told me not to ask anybody. And it all came in because I'm walking in unlimited supply. But it did not mean that I didn't have to deal with my lens. And so one day we're uh, talking to a man and Matt instantly says, hey, we need to give this man um, a big sum of money. And so I said, yes, absolutely. And my first thought that I didn't share with my husband was, oh, God, we can't do that because we have to save it for the conference. That's the lens of lack. Right, right there, there's the lie, right? God's not big enough to cover both. God wouldn't do that. I've got to hold on to that. We don't have enough. And so right when he brought that up, oh, God, I repented. I broke agreement with that lie. I said, absolutely, we can give because we live in unlimited supply. 
Pastor Mark said a few weeks back, we need to start taking ownership of our access and accessing some things. Unlimited supply is living from a place of knowing that we belong to a kingdom where the king has an unlimited supply. And when you need it, whatever you need, it's there. It's already there. It's knowing that I have access to through Jesus in him everything I need when I need it. It's a place of deep trust where I'm all in, where I burn the boat. There's no plan B. We're not going back. Because if we truly have the mind of Christ, how would it manifest in our life? Really, what would be different? What would look different if you had the mind of Christ? And I would imagine it would look like great risk. All in, celebration, no fear. There's no going back. I mean, what do you look like fully alive? What does it look like to burn the boat and be all in? You know what it looks like? It look, actually, it looks like 1 Kings 19. And that is the story where Elijah, he is appointing a successor, and he goes and appoints Elisha. And Elisha is in the field with a plow, and he has oxen doing what you do with a plow and oxen farming, right? <laughs> yeah, so he is in this field with his oxen, and Elijah comes, man, and he appoints him. He throws his mantle on him. He's like, you know what Elisha, I, Elisha doesn't do? He doesn't say, okay, here's, here's my oxen and my plow. Will you hold it for me in case this doesn't work out? I'll be back, and I'll keep doing that. Do you know what Elisha does? He burns that plow. Actually, he cooks the oxen on the plow. He celebrates. He has a feast. He burns the plow, and he's gone. And think about all the mighty works of God that would not have happened if he had stayed put. So I just want us to ask ourselves tonight, man, am I under the influence of a lie? Am I an old wineskin? Am I hard in some opinion, in tradition, in what's safe with the lens of only my experience or a lens of lack? Do I see through a lens of deficiency? Am I operating or am I making decisions based on lack or fear? Next level thinking, it burns boats and it goes forward. How's your thinking putting a cap on what God wants to do with your life? Really, really. Like asking Holy Spirit. Oh, he's so gracious. He will show you. How is your thinking putting a cap on what God wants to do in your life? How is your lens Allowing your emotions to dictate and run all over your, your marriage or your home or your family or your relationships. Some of us are going to be delivered from a lens of lack tonight. There's no deficiency in the kingdom. There's no deficiency in him. There's no lack in him. So I'm just asking you tonight, what would it look like if we lived like it? Do you know why we need to live in a place of unlimited supply? So you can change everything you touch. So you can change the world. I mean, we say that, so let me give you an example. So you can go into any place that looks like hell and make it look like heaven. 
just this week, there were four, four girls shot in a strip club in Valdosta. That's what light breaks through. Four of them were shot. One did not make it. Uh, our team was in the hospital today with one of them that made it. Uh, that place is hell. There's nothing there but torment and despair. And when we step in, the atmosphere shifts. It changes because we show up. Why do we need to live from a place of unlimited supply so people look at you? So they look at your life and they look at your family. They look at you at work. They look at you at at home. They look at you at church and they are wowed by the goodness of God on you. But we've got to be delivered from this deficiency lens. Do you know that there are generational consequences when we live from a lens of lack? With the deficiency mindset, this is what happens. You forfeit destiny. Okay? You hand over what is rightfully yours, which means that every giant that you face, you are already at a disadvantage. And we see this in Numbers 13 and 14, right? When they go in and all the leaders, they saw the giants in the land. And we say all day in here that we fight. We never fight for victory. We fight from a place of victory. That is said, we know that well here. But if you live through a lens of lack, you're always fighting for victory. You're striving, you're hoping, you're begging. Don't hand over what is rightfully yours in him. Y'all still with me? All right, five more minutes and we're out of here. I should not limit God like that. We have at least 10. God is raising up people with new wineskins. People and families who are bold enough to walk in unlimited supply. And that means what happens around us or in the world, it doesn't throw us into despair or anxiety or torment because we know that God will supply all our needs. Because we are a people that are so sure of our identity in him. There's not a question. And I I don't know. I don't know what you stopped fighting for today. You were meant to have a great marriage. You were meant to live fully alive. What does that mean? It means that you know every promise that you have in him. You are meant to live fully alive, fulfilling every assignment that he has on you to fulfill. You were created to go after God-sized dreams. God-sized dreams. It would appear to me that the systems of this world are in uh, are collapsing. So if you look at the financial system, the education system, governmental system, uh, political system, what do we got? Borders, uh, airline industry, cruise line, right? I mean, all of those systems are in disarray. And when they do, kingdom people, kingdom families, kingdom entrepreneurs, kingdom dreamers have got to be right there thinking big, next level thinking to step in. Man, people thought Disney could do cruise lines well. Wait till someone with kingdom vision buys a cruise line. Man, I, I think in a lot of ways we're just thinking too small. And it's time to step out of that and into the very thing that God called you. And it may not look safe, and it may not be pleasant, and people may think you're crazy. Go ahead, step into it. It is worth it, and you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Man, we were created to live relationally healthy. It is time for the body to get healthy. 
in Deuteronomy 28, a part of the blessing of the Lord, it says, if you will obey the voice of the Lord, you shall lend. You know what it doesn't say? It actually doesn't say you, you shall lend to many people. Which is good. It's a good place to start. It says, you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. It also says you're the head and not the tail. There are promises that we have in him that we don't even know about. That we don't even know we're supposed to have. And hopefully not that we scoff at. Hopefully it's just that we don't know we're supposed to have those promises. And if you don't know you're supposed to have it, you won't fight for it. All right, here's what I want to do. I want you to stand to your feet if you need to repent of a lens of lack. I mean, just like that. Let's just go. I mean, I'm repenting for it every day, but I just only want you to stand if it is stirring in you, stirring in you to stand, okay? This is, this is the word of the Lord for you tonight. Stop disqualifying yourself. Stop. Stop disqualifying yourself. It is time for us to step in to all that he has for us. And we cannot do that with small thinking, with emotions that are everywhere, and with disqualifying ourselves. So right now, I bless. I just want you to put your hands just in a position to just receive from the Lord. And so, Lord, right now, we repent from a lens of lack, from any deficiency that we have carried that, not, that is not in line or true to your word. And we renounce that now in Jesus' name, and we trade that out for next-level thinking, next-level thinking, and we will burn the boat on that past thinking and move forward. Move forward. Some of you tonight, you have got to change the way that you are speaking about yourself. Oh, so right now, God, I just, I just pray for every person that's disqualified themselves, and we say no more. And now's the time to rise up in your God-given calling. You don't know what that is? That's okay. He'll show you. He's so good like that. He's so faithful like that. So I bless every person standing Every heart turned towards you. We will walk in all that you have for us. Man, when uh, praying over this uh, message, I kept hearing again and again and again, fully funded dreams. Fully funded dreams. So it does not matter if it's impossible. It doesn't matter if it looks crazy, if the Lord is in it. You will see that come to pass. There is an anointing for fully funded dreams over this house. In Jesus' name. Man, unlimited supply says your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And so in Jesus' name, I bless everybody here. Oh, God, we just bless everybody here with that verse. We're going to walk in that. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. And we're going to know what to take on and what to let go. We're going to know when to move forward and when to wait. We're going to walk in the confidence of who we are and what you're doing in us. 
your hope is going to rise up in us and push us forward. And I just speak every assignment on every life in here. It will come to pass in due season, and we will reap a harvest. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to close. You can have a seat or stand or whatever you'd like to do. I want to read one more verse to you. Ephesians 1.18. And it reads, I pray the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. One translation says, I pray your eyes are flooded with light. That you may know what is the hope of his calling. What are the riches? There's that word again of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? That is an extravagant verse. According to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. There is no lack in that verse. Receive that tonight. Take it as your own. There is no lack in him. There is no deficiency as in your king. Let's walk in it. Let's live that out. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.